this podcast is presented to you by Pastor Stormy Swan and Faith Christian Family Church in Lubbock, Texas. For more information, visit faithchurchlubbock.com. Go with me to the book of Matthew chapter 6. Matthew 6. Now, this is our second week here, our second Sunday of talking about the fast. We'll talk about it today and then again next Sunday. I just applaud you guys who are fasting. If you have been fasting that's last week trying to get more of God, to get in more of the presence of God, I applaud you guys. I'm going to tell you, it's not an easy task to do that. If it was easy, everybody would be doing it. And so I encourage you to stay with it because things will happen, okay? And the Word of God is very clear of that. And so we'll begin here this morning. I believe God's going to speak to your heart and, and, and touch you today and give you some biblical insight on the Word that you can stand on this week. Matthew chapter 6. Now in this passage here, Jesus talks about three great attributes that should be involved in every Christian's life. The first one he talks about is giving. And then I just want you to pick up with me this morning in verse 9. And it says, in this manner, therefore pray. Now Jesus right here is giving us some guidelines on how to pray. The, the first attribute was giving. The second attribute was praying. Now for, for time's sake, I'm going to come back to this here in just a minute. But look with me in verse 16. Moreover, when you, when you fast, I believe he's saying this, when you fast, fast like this. I'm going to give you some guidelines on how to fast is what he's telling us. Do not be like the hypocrites with a sad countenance, for they disfigure their faces that they may appear to men to be fasting. Assuredly, I say, they have their reward. And so he's telling us here, don't, don't try to make a production out of it. If you're fasting to impress men, that'll be your reward. I don't know about you, but I don't want to be rewarded by men. I want to be rewarded by God, verse 17. But you, when you fast, anoint your head and wash your face. And he's telling us this because he doesn't want us to do anything that will draw attention to ourselves. He goes on to say, so that you do not appear to men to be fasting. But to your Father who is in the secret place, and your Father who sees in secret, will reward you openly. Now when I read this, God is looking for our hearts. God's looking at our motives and saying, what is the real reason that you're doing this? The why? Now I can tell you this, that when you fast and pray and serve God with the right heart and the right motive, He's going to reward you. You know what that is? He's going to bless you. And so for every one of us in here, God wants to bless us. Now go back to verse 9, and I want to read this a little farther here. It says, In this manner, therefore pray. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done. Now as we fast and pray, let me ask you this. Are you fasting and praying that God's will be done? Or are you fasting and praying for your own benefit? Everything's about you. There's something in here we need to get that if you'll fast and pray according to God's will, it'll change the whole way you, you look at this. Now, it says that His will be done where? Right here on earth as it is in heaven. I can tell you a couple things that are going to be in heaven and a couple things that aren't going to be in heaven. You know what's going to be in heaven? People. All kinds of people are going to be in heaven. So that ought to give me an idea right there. I should be praying for people, for souls, 
to say, man, I want to see family members. I want to see loved ones. I want to see co-workers born again. Now, can I tell you what's not going to be in heaven? Sin. That ought to give us a little bit of insight right there. If you've got known sin in your life, begin to repent of it and ask God to change your heart, okay? Begin to believe, God, that, that God's will is going to be done in your life through this fasting and praying. And, oh, it'll, it'll change the way you view it. It'll stir up a passion in you for people. How I many you need a passion for people? I believe every one of us do. Now go with me to the book of Acts chapter 10. Acts chapter 10. And let me tell you a few things about fasting, guys. Fasting doesn't better your standing with God. Jesus did that. Fasting doesn't twist God's arm. Fasting doesn't increase God's love for us. Fasting doesn't put, pay for your sins. Jesus did that also. But there are great benefits to it. Great kingdom benefits to it. Now, throughout the New Testament, guys, there were men and women throughout the Bible that practiced fasting. This is one of the passages. If you want to study more on that, uh, Acts 13, verses 1 through 3, Acts 14, verses 21 through 23, every one of them talk about how people in the New Testament fasted and prayed. It's still important to this day. Now look at this passage in here, and this will give you a little bit of an insight. Acts 10, verse 1. There was a certain man in Caesarea called Cornelius, a centurion of what was called the Italian Regiment. So he was an Italian, he was a Gentile. A devout or thoroughly good man, and one who feared God with all his household, and he gave alms generously to the people, and he prayed to God always. And about the ninth hour of the day, I want you to mark that in your mind or even in your Bible about the ninth hour of the day. And I'm going to highlight that here in a minute. About the ninth hour of the day, he saw clearly in a vision an angel of God coming in and saying to him, Cornelius. And when he had observed him, he was afraid and said, What is it, Lord? So he said to him, Your prayers and your alms or your giving have come up for a memorial before God. Now right here as we read this, he gives us two Two characteristics of the same thing that Jesus talked about in Matthew 6. Remember, Jesus said in Matthew 6 that we ought to give and we ought to pray. So right here, because this man named Cornelius obeyed that, it released something. What did it release? It says right here that God has sent him that your alms have come up before me. It moved God when this man obeyed what the Bible said. So as this is going on with Cornelius, there's a disciple named Peter. Peter's at his house in a, in, a, in a place called Joppa, and the Lord starts talking to Peter, and he says, Listen, I need you to go to these Gentiles, and I need you to speak the truth to them. So guess what Peter does? He obeys, and he goes to this man named Cornelius. So when he gets there, Cornelius begins to tell him what happened. Pick up with me in Acts 10, verse number 30. So Cornelius said... Four days ago, I was fasting until this hour and at the ninth hour. Now, I want to highlight that because I told you that a minute ago. Remember in verse 3, it talked about the ninth hour. Go back and look at what we said there, just in your, in your thoughts, that he, he, he prayed and he gave. But what did we just read right here? Well, look what it says real close in verse 30. So Cornelius said, four days ago, I was fasting. 
All the great attributes that Jesus said should reflect every believer's life. So as he was fasting, praying, and giving, look what happens. He said, and I prayed in my house, and behold, a man stood before me in bright clothing, an angel. And he said, Cornelius, your prayer has been heard, and your alms are remembered in the sight of God. So this man, an Italian, a Gentile, He gave, he prayed, and he fasted, and it moved the hand of God. It released God to do some things. What did it release God to do? Well, in the same chapter, back up just a little bit and look in verse 24. And the following day, they, being Peter, they entered Caesarea. Now Cornelius was waiting for them, and he had called together his relatives and his close friends. So when Cornelius began his fasting and his praying, guys, it wasn't just for him. His, was, his desire was for his whole family, his relatives and his friends to be saved. And guess what? They were. Because this one man would obey God. This one man would stand on the Scriptures. This one man would go ahead and believe God. But I want you to look at what else it did. Look at verse 44 of the same chapter. While Peter was still speaking these words, the Holy Spirit fell upon all those who heard the word. Wow, what a day. Not only did he get born again and his family members get born again, they all get filled with the Holy Spirit. I bet Cornelius was on cloud nine. I bet he's like, this is better than the Super Bowl. This is awesome. Now look what happens in verse 45. And those of the circumcision or the Jews who believed were astonished. As many as came with Peter, because the gift of the Holy Spirit had been poured out on the Gentiles also. Now we ought to shout on stuff like this, guys. Because once again, it shows me that if we'll get in faith and we'll begin to step out and do the things that God tells us to do, it'll change your family members. It'll change your relatives. It'll change your friends for eternity. And I love that this man just stepped out and did it. Now, turn to your right a little bit to 1 Corinthians chapter number 9. 1 Corinthians chapter 9. If you were here last week, we quoted uh, one of the verses there in 1 Thessalonians 5.23. It says that man is spirit, soul, and body. The makeup of man is spirit, soul, and body. I, am a, I, I, I have a spirit. I live in this thing called body, and I have a soul, which is made up of my mind, my will, and my emotions. Now, this morning, I believe biblically we can show you that when you fast and pray, God will begin to work on every part of your makeup, your body, your soul, and even your spirit. Begin with me in 1 Corinthians chapter 9, look at verse 27. But I discipline my body. This is what the Apostle Paul said. He said, but I discipline my body. I believe this with all my heart, guys, that fasting is probably the greatest discipline you can ever do for your body. I don't care what you do. Running, you can work out, you can swim. Fasting is the greatest discipline that you can do. Now, he says here that I discipline my body. I do it. And I bring it into subjection. You know what that tells me right there? 
if I don't bring my body, this thing right here, into subjection, it's going to get out of subjection. In other words, if you don't discipline it and tell it, we're not going to do that, it will start telling you what it's going to do. If we looked over to, to 1 Corinthians 6.19, it says, Your body is the temple of the Holy Spirit. Your body. And so Paul right here, when he writes this, if we were to read verses 24 through 27, it's like an athletic competition. And he's saying the athlete that breaks the rule is disqualified. So in this right here, he's telling us we must learn to live with self-discipline, self-restraint, and even self-denial. Why? Because we're to bring our body into subjection. Romans 12, 2 says that we're to present our bodies a living sacrifice, which is our reasonable service. You know why? Because you only get this thing called life one time. You only have this body one time, and if you choose to abuse it, you're not going to be around a long time. That's not God's design. God wants all of us to live a long time, but there are things I must do. You know, I was reading the other day some statistics, and a, a, great, a great doctor on fasting and stuff is a doctor named uh, Coburn, I believe is how you pronounce it. He's got some great insight. But he said this, the average American will consume four pounds of preservatives in their body every year. Four pounds. Now, when we talk about preservatives, that's just junk, Okay. That's just all the things we eat throughout a year. You know, a lot of times as Americans, we don't even know what we're eating. Throw a little sugar on it, throw a little salt on it, it's good. I believe this is what he's talking about. And so one of the ways you get rid of those preservatives in your life is when you fast and pray, if you'll drink a lot of water. It's interesting to me that when Jesus fasted for 40 days, it said all he did was drink water. What happens when we begin to drink water? It flushes all those toxins and poisons out of you. Do I have toxins and poisons? Yeah. I'm going to tell you this last week when I began to drink a lot of water, it was rugged. And when you begin to fast and drink a lot of water, you may start getting headaches. Those headaches aren't from the devil, okay? Those headaches are all those impurities being washed out of you. Did you have headaches? I did. And I never have headaches. But after about a day and a half of not having a cup of coffee, man, I was sluggish. My head hurt. And you know what I realized? This boy had a lot of caffeine stored up in him. I mean a lot. I'm not that way now. I'm, I'm active and alert right now. Actually, I can tell you this. My body, my mind, and my spirit are more in tune than they've been since last year when we did this. You know what that says? Pastor, you need, to sh you need to fast more throughout the year than you do. And I say, yes, amen, I do. But it's wonderful. And so when you begin to look at what he tells us here, i got to discipline my body. It's okay. God wants us to. Turn over a couple pages to 2 Corinthians chapter 10. 2 Corinthians chapter 10. Now, if you hadn't figured it out in life, Victories are won in our private life, not our public life. And fasting is a private discipline. But where there's little private discipline, there's little public reward. 
And so fasting is, is a private thing. It begins to happen with you and God where you can say, okay, Father God, I'm here to seek you. I want more of your presence. Just as we sang, I want more of your presence. Now, I told you to go to 2 Corinthians 10. We're going to look at the soul, okay? I said this a minute ago. The makeup of your soul and my soul is my mind, my will, and my emotions. That's the makeup of every one of us in here. 2 Corinthians 10, verse 3. For though we walk or live in the flesh, we do not war according to the flesh. For the weapons of our warfare are not of the flesh, but mighty in God. Now, right there, he tells us, you're going to have to have some spiritual weapons, but they're not of your flesh. They're not of this right here. They're mighty in God for what? For pulling down strongholds. What is a stronghold? Well, the best definition I can give you of that is when something in life gets a stronghold on you. And that could look different for every one of us. That could be TV. That could be food. That could be my thoughts. And so he tells us here that the weapons of God are for us to help us to pull down these strongholds. Behind every stronghold is a lie. Behind every one of them. Keep reading here with me. Verse 5. I'm to cast down arguments. You know what these arguments are? Rebellious attitudes and, and, and ideas that go against the, the things of God. And then he says next, after arguments, and every high thing, every prideful thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God. So what am I to do with all that? Bring every thought into captivity to the obedience of Christ. Bring every thought into captivity. In captivity. Now, as I said, let me ask you this. How many of you have some things in your life or your mind that you need to get free from? Are there things that just seem to bombard your mind all the time? That can be a stronghold. How many of you have ever said this? I just need more willpower. Remember, your makeup is my mind, my will, and my emotions. How many of you emotionally are like a yo-yo? It just seems like your emotions, one day you're up and the next day you're down. One day you're happy, one day you're sad. One day you're mad, one... up and down, up and down. I truly believe that when you begin to fast and pray, it releases something even into your soul, even into your mind, where you will begin to think clearly. You will begin to see more clearly that when stuff begins to happen, those, those arguments and high things, that you can look and say, that's not a God. I cast that down in the name of Jesus. And that's what you've got to do. Because all day long, the devil is throwing thoughts at you. He's throwing thoughts. That doesn't mean you're a bad person. Thoughts aren't bad until you act on them. The Bible school I went to, the, the, the man that used to head it there, Kenneth Hagin, he used to say this, you can't keep the birds from flying over your head, but you can sure keep them from nesting in your hair. That's the same with our words. Words are, I mean, our thoughts. Thoughts are always going to be coming, but the only time the thoughts get me in trouble is when I begin to entertain them. And when you begin to entertain thoughts, guess what happens? You act on it. And after you act and act and act and act and act, it becomes a stronghold. 
Are there strongholds in your life, in your mind, in your thoughts? Now, I want to take you to the book of Daniel, chapter 1. And I want you to note in here what happens to these guys when they start fasting and praying. Daniel, chapter 1. I believe it'll sharpen your mental awareness. I really believe that. Where is Daniel? It's right after the book of Ezekiel, back there in the Old Testament. Let me tell you what's going on. There's three Hebrew boys, actually four. They go to the king of, of, of Babylon, and, and they begin to work for him. Their name was Daniel, and the other three were Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. Okay? These guys are godly young men. They want to serve God. They want to seek God. Pick up with me in chapter 1, verse 8. But it says this, But Daniel purposed in his heart. It's important that we learn to purpose in our heart. He purposed in his heart he would not defile or contaminate himself with the portion of the king's delicacies, his foods, nor with the wine which he drank. Therefore he requested of the chief of the eunuchs that he might not defile himself. So he requested of the chief eunuchs and said, Listen, I don't want to eat of the king's delicacies. I don't want to do those things. Same chapter. Pick up with me in verse 12. Please test your servants for ten days and let them give us vegetables to eat and water to drink. Now, if you've ever heard of the Daniel fast, this is where this was birthed at right here. So note that Daniel goes on a ten-day fast. On this ten-day fast, he says, all I'm going to eat is vegetables and drink water. Now, a lot of people, when they read that, they say, there's nothing to that. Don't kid yourself. You know, when I grew up, I grew up on a block. Man, it was a rugged block. But if anybody ever said, I double dog dare you, it was on. It was on. I double dog dare some of you to try that. To go ten days with only vegetables and water. Most people, after the first day, they're screaming. Their body's freaking out. I had a young man one day, and he came up to me, and he said, Pastor, I'm going to go on a 21-day fast. I said, have you ever done that before? And he said, no, but it'll be easy. One day. One day. That's why I tell you sometimes, don't bite off more than you can handle, okay? But for, for 10 days, they fasted and they prayed. And they said, all we're going to do is eat vegetables and drink water. Look what happens in verse 12, or verse of. Uh, 15, and at the end of 10 days, their features appeared better and fatter in flesh than all the young men who ate the portion of the king's delicacies. You know what this shows me? It didn't kill them. They were still alive, still kicking, but if you'll note there, they look better than the ones that were eating all those delicacies. Now look what happens in verse, 15, or verse 17, and listen real close to the words. As for these four young men, God gave them knowledge and skill in all literature and wisdom. This took place after they had fasted the ten days. Something happened that they became more sharper mentally. They were more aware mentally than they had before. And look at verse 20. 
and in all matters of wisdom and understanding about which the king examined them, he found them ten times better than all the magicians and astrologers who were in all this realm. Ten times. Ten times smarter. Ten times the understanding. And I believe God will still do that with us if we will just get a hold of what He said for us to do. Now, I wish I could stand up here and tell you everything that takes place from a fast. I can't. But I can tell you certain things, and I believe, number one, it'll help your body. Number two, it'll sharpen your mind. It'll help you get rid of some strongholds that bombard your mind day after day after day. Now, we're going to go to the third one. Turn over a couple pages to Daniel chapter 10. Daniel chapter 10. As you read this, you, you can go back into the Bible. And, and two of the wisest or the smartest men throughout the Bible, Solomon and Daniel himself. And if you study their lives, both of them fasted. Both of them fasted. Now, here we are with Daniel once again. And, and I begin to see a pattern in Daniel's life. That after every time he fasted, God would begin to release great things into his life. He'll still do that today. And understand this, God is a spirit. So how does God deal with us? He deals with us with our heart. He deals with you with your heart. Romans 8.14 says those who are led by the Spirit of God are the sons of God. Romans 8.16 says the Spirit of God will bear witness with your spirit. I want to live that way. I want to be spirit-led. I want the Holy Spirit to convict my life. I want the Holy Spirit to tell me at times, don't do that. Will He do that? Yeah. He'll lead us that way. But it comes from spending time with Him. And it always was heightened when Daniel would fast and pray. Daniel 10, verse 1. In the third year of Cyrus, king of Persia, a message was revealed to Daniel, whose name was called Belteshazzar. The message was true, but the appointed time was long, and he understood the message and had understanding of the vision. In those days, I, Daniel, was mourning or fasting three full weeks. So this time, he's on a 21-day fast. Verse 3, I ate no pleasant food, nor meat or wine came into my mouth, nor did I anoint myself at all till three full weeks were fulfilled. Now, when we go back and look at this, when you study what it means, pleasant food, he said, I had no pleasant food. You know what that meant? No bread. No sweets. Let me help you with that one. Twinkies. Donuts. Pie. Candy bars. This really is going to hurt. Sodas. Oh! That's what he's talking about. He had no sweets. None. Now, in our, our culture, that's very, very difficult to do. I mean, you go to a restaurant, half the time they throw a shovel of, uh, of sugar on there, make it taste good. I read this just the other day. Shocking to me. That in the, the, the average in a 12-ounce can of soda is between 10 and 13 teaspoons of sugar. 
Oh, you got to be kidding me. The worst being Mountain Dew, followed by Dr. Pepper. Some of you say, oh. So he goes on that, and he has no meat. That's tough, guys. I don't know about you. I'm a meat. I love meat. And right now, I mean, when I see meat, my little mind, I, I can't even watch commercials. I was watching a football game yesterday, and I'm not a big wing eater, but Pizza Hut was offering 14 wings for $9.99, and I'm telling you, my mouth, and I thought, oh, my gosh, i got to get away from the TV. I mean, those are some of that. They wear me between coffee and meat. It's rugged. But he does this for 21 days, so all he's having is fruit and vegetables and water. But look what happens as he fasts and prays in verse 10, Daniel 10, 10. Suddenly a hand touched me as an angel, which made me tremble on my knees and on the palms of my hands. And the angel said to me, O Daniel, man greatly beloved, understand the words that I speak to you and stand upright. For I have now been sent to you. While he was speaking this word to me, I stood trembling. Now, once again, he's on a fast and, and he's praying. And as he does, God puts this angel on assignment. And he says, go, go see this guy named Daniel. Now, I know about you. I'd, I'd probably freak out if this angel showed up. But I'd love the thought of that. I mean, I can see right here why he stood trembling. And can you imagine this? Keep reading here. Verse 12. Then the angel said to me, Do not fear, Daniel, for from the first day that you set your heart to understand. Now listen, look real close to that. From the first day you set your heart to understand. Are there things in your life that you don't understand? Are there things in the Word of God you don't understand? He set his heart to understand. He said, Father God, I'm going to fast and pray because I need some understanding. And look what he says next. And to humble yourself before your God. One of the greatest ways we humble ourselves before God, to fast. But look what goes on next. And your words were heard, and I have, become, I have come because of your words. He fasted and he prayed, and it got God's attention. And his angel said, I came because of your words. God sent me because of your prayers. And we're no different, guys, if we'll just begin to act on the word of God and fast and pray and seek him this way. God will begin to come. He'll show up. He'll give us understanding. Look at verse 13. But the prince of the kingdom of Persia, and you know what that is? That's a devil. That's a demon. That was over this whole region of Persia. Now, when I read this, guys, it just shows us here that demonic armies try to oppose the things of God. They try to oppose the things of God. How many of you have ever gone to a, another city? I hope it's not in Lubbock. But you've gone to another city and you get there and you sense darkness. How many of you have ever been to Las Vegas? You go to Vegas, man, I can go to Vegas for about two or three days, and after that, I'm like, i got to get out of here. That's what this is like here. There's demonic forces that are active right now, even though you may not be able to see them, guys. It's real, and so this is what's going on here. And so he says, but the prince of the kingdom of Persia withstood me 21 days. 
He withstood this other angel. This other angel was trying to get through, but he couldn't. And behold, Michael, the kick-your-tail angel, one of the chief princesses came to help me. I'm going to tell you guys, when Michael comes on the scene, anytime you see, I'm going to tell you, Michael's bad to the bone. Michael didn't play. And so this, this demon, this prince of Persia, was so rugged, this other angel says, send in the reinforcements. And God says, we'll, kick, we'll send in Michael. He doesn't have a problem kicking those demons' tail. Actually, God enjoys it. So he says, and Michael, one of the chief princes, came to help me, for I had been left alone there with the kings of Persia. And so I want you to think about this. This man named Daniel, guys, he goes on this fast. And something was released. And that something wasn't released when he stopped by Krispy Kreme and got him some donuts. It was released when he began to fast and pray and God began to show up. Now, to tell you the rest of the things here that's going on, Daniel, guys, was given great visitation. He was given great understanding. He was given great, great dreams. He was given great vision. And he was promoted into this king of Babylon's forces that he was an advisor to foreign kings. Why? Because he had great understanding. Now, just for a few more minutes here, let me give you some thoughts that the, the, the Lord's brought up to me. On a normal day in your life, what's the, the longest period of time that most of us in this room go without food? Usually it's at night when we go to sleep. So just an analogy here. Let's say you go to bed at 10 o'clock and you get up at 6. So you've gone 8 hours without food. The first meal that you eat when you get up is called breakfast. Now let's just break that one word into the two words it actually is. Break fast. So you've gone those hours without food, but you've broke the fast. So let me ask you something. That night while you were sleeping, what was going on with your body? Absolutely nothing. It wasn't aware of nothing. It just sat there and slept. What was going on with your mind? Your mind wasn't aware of anything. It was quiet. What are you getting at here? I believe most of the times in our lives, the only time that God can really move in our lives is when we're asleep. You know why? Because when we're awake, our bodies are doing this or this. Our bodies are screaming, I'm hungry. Feed me, feed me, feed me, feed me. And my mind is thinking, 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 thinking. But when you're asleep, your body and your soul are still. And God will speak to you in dreams and visions. I don't need to ask for a show of hands. There's many of you in here that have dreams and visions. I believe God wants a lot of us or all of us to even have dreams and visions. God wants to give us divine visitation. And I, I highlight this with Daniel. When Daniel would fast and pray, God would stir him up with dreams. How many of you have ever been around men or women that have godly dreams? Man, I love when they have godly dreams. It's a lot better than the movie theater. Man, I mean, I, and I, I, I hate highlighting people because I don't want you to go to them and say, tell me a dream, tell me a dream, tell me a dream. Raise your hand, Joe. This is Joe Duran right here. Joe, Joe cuts my hair. What hair I have left. Doesn't take him very long anymore. He dreams all the time. 
And so when I go get my hair cut, Joe will tell me about his dreams. And, man, I'm telling you, it's, it's, it's godly dreams, godly things. Pastor, how can you show us that God wants us to dream, that God wants to visit us? I'm glad you asked. Go to Acts 2. Acts 2, you got to see this. you got to see this. Because I believe God wants to birth this back into our homes, back into our church, back into our families. And he wants to stir us up again. Acts 2, verse number 16. Let me get there. Listen to this. Oh, this is good. But this was what was spoken by the prophet Joel. And it shall come to pass in the last day, says God, that I will pour out my spirit on all flesh. Hallelujah. Your sons and your daughters shall prophesy. Woo, I look forward to that. Your young men shall see visions, and your old men shall dream dreams. There it is right there. But when I look at this, and he says, I'm going to pour out my spirit upon all flesh. Do you think God's just going to give his best dreams, his best thoughts, his best insight to just anybody? No, he's going to give them to the ones that hunger for God, that hunger for his presence, that say, you know what, Father God, I need more of you. I need more of your presence. I rejoice at the fact that there's young ones in here. Woo, I, I want to see young ones prophesy. I want you younger ones to talk about visions. And I'm kind of excited here, the older I get, that even the old men will dream dreams. I rejoice at that. I say, Father God, show up now. Show up. Am I wrong to believe that? No. He said right here, he wants to pour his spirit out upon all flesh. Guys, I believe this is going to usher in the end times unlike anything we've ever seen. That there are going to be things happening for good. For good. But it's going to take a people that says, you know what? If it means i got to fast and pray, I'm going to do it. I'm going to do it. Thank you for listening to the podcast. For more information, visit faithchurchlubbock.com.